0: man, the bravest of animals, and the one most accustomed to suffering, does not repudiate suffering as such. He desires it. He even seeks it out, provided he has shown a meaning for it, a purpose of suffering. The meaninglessness of suffering, not suffering itself, was the curse that lay over mankind so far. Friedrich Nietzsche Welcome to the Citizens of the Globe podcast, where we not only embrace, but encourage change in our environment, in our bodies, in our minds, and in our souls. My name is Michael Maltese, and I aim to break down the borders we create in our minds, one meaningful conversation at a time. Now I want all of you today to take some time to slow down, find a quiet moment, breathe, relax, squeeze or feel part of your body, all to remind yourself that you are a soft, fragile, and gentle human. No matter how distant and cold and solid you think you've become, you deserve compassion. Now this week, I want to diverge a bit from the mental health space. I know we've been Hitting the mental health case pretty hard. But I want to head into another passion of mine. Which is thinking about thinking. Or philosophy. I think it's. An important part of society. To question. Reality. And why the society came to be the way it is today. Instead of just accepting it for what it is. If we steer away from questioning, I fear that we will just accept the state of things. And if we accept the state of things today, well, that means we're accepting hunger, we're accepting human rights issues, political issues, economic issues, the homeless issue. We would be Stagnant. Reach a plateau of society where people aren't necessarily happy. And that's not a society I want to live in. So because of that, I do question and I do wonder. And today I'd like to wonder with you. There's a never-ending list of philosophical questions we can discuss today. But the one I want to focus on is, what's the point of all this? Some might say it's to serve our fellow humans. Some will say it's to serve God and get into heaven. Some will say it's to reach nirvana. And some will say there's no point to this thing at all. That last thought. If you resonate with that, you might be considered a nihilist. And nihilism is the school of thought that believes that all the values we hold as humans are baseless, that the universe has no rhyme or reason, everything is random, and nothing can truly be known. They believe nothing matters. And it's an extremely pessimistic highly skeptical school of thought. So let's pause and back up, because arriving so quickly at nihilism is bound to have some adverse effects on your psyche. So let's see how man has gradually been traveling towards this black hole school of thought by considering the philosophical stepping stones that got us here To thinking this way today. It's my current understanding that we began this path when we first started to question the nature of all things. And this is usually accredited to the ancient Greek philosophers like Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. Well, Aristotle, being a teleological thinker, believed that nature does nothing in vain. Everything in existence had a reason for existing, and therefore he sought to find the purpose of everything's existence. Aristotle said that everything acts within its nature, and that the nature of something can be explained by the nature of the things that make it up. More simply, Aristotle would say that if you think about a table, well that table exists To be used. But the table is made from wood. So the wood exists to be manipulated. But the wood is made up of elements. So the elements exist to make up wood. And so on and so forth. This line of thinking can go on forever. And that's something at the time that Aristotle was alive. He couldn't really fathom. So he developed the theory... Of a prime mover. Something that set forth everything into existence. A beginning. This might sound like God to some of you. Or it might sound like the Big Bang to others. And I would have to agree it's very similar. And it's crazy how someone in 300 BC can come to the same conclusion that we did. Here in the 1900s and 2000s. But Aristotle thought of it in a different way. He didn't think that the prime mover was God or the Big Bang. He said that it was the universe thinking, thought itself was the prime mover. which is a really interesting take, in my opinion. But now let's take a few millennial leap forward to 1596 and meet René Descartes, the man who said, Cogito ergo sum. Or you might more easily recognize this as, I think, therefore I am. See, Descartes, began to doubt everything he ever knew, and, to describe this or explain it, he wrote a series of meditations. In the first of these, titled, What Can Be Called Into Doubt, he begins by saying this, It has now been some years since I detected how many were the false beliefs that I had from my earliest youth, admitted as true, and how doubtful was everything I had since constructed on this basis, And from that time, I was convinced that I must once and for all seriously undertake to rid myself of all the opinions which I had formerly accepted and commence to build anew from the foundation. More simply, Descartes was saying that it astonished him how many things he thought were true as a child or a young adult that he now understands is completely false. They were all lies or fiction that troubled him. And so he wanted to figure out what can he be certain of 100%. And I'm sure many of you listening have come to similar conclusions about your own life in different situations. I was actually just talking to a friend who told me that to heal from their past traumas they had to throw out everything that they had learned about how to cope with life and deal with things to begin anew with a new set of tools that served them better for where they're at in life now. Personally, I've also had that similar experience. And I think Everyone does at some point in their life. But that's also what Descartes did, and in doubting everything, he actually began to doubt that he could be sure what he was experiencing today was not a dream. His logic goes as follows. When dreaming, I often cannot tell I am dreaming. In the moment, Every sensation and emotion I feel just feels as real as when I'm awake. So then how can I positively conclude that this right now that I am feeling and experiencing isn't a dream in which I will one day wake up from? If this rings any bells for you, it's... Kind of the plot of The Matrix. Spoiler alert. Sorry, that came after the spoiler, but it's been quite some time since that movie's came out, so if you haven't watched it, like, what are you doing? But yeah, it's essentially the plot of The Matrix. How do you know what reality is? Red pill or blue pill? So this argument that Descartes came up with led him to the undeniable truth. That undeniable truth was that he was thinking. No one could tell him otherwise. For even if it was a dream, he is for sure thinking about it being a dream. And so we arrive at, I think, therefore I am. And so as time progressed, many philosophers kept building on the work of the previous minds, and the next human I'd like to touch base with is Friedrich Nietzsche, who I quoted at the beginning of this episode. To understand his philosophy, it's important to understand how exactly he grew up. He grew up very religious and experienced many traumas in his early life. His dad died, his brother died but ultimately he became a very successful lifelong scholar. Nietzsche spent his entire life wondering what this was all about. And I think because he had such a terrible life experience early on, he came to theorize that life was about suffering finding meaning in that suffering, and overcoming it. He then began to see it everywhere in life and projected his theory onto the larger society. He wrote that God is dead to highlight society's divergence from religion, fearing that if we didn't find a sufficient replacement to guide us ethically and morally we might lose ourselves as a society. That if we continue down this path of a godless world, we might become a disorganized collective of people, all clinging to the person who claims they know the right way to live. And he wasn't too far off. In fact, it's commonly known that Nietzsche influenced Hitler's ideology however there are accounts that after his death in 1900 it was Nietzsche's sister who was left all control of his estate and his work and she would forge and publish patchwork pieces of his notes that didn't entirely reflect the way Nietzsche thought instead it was more of a projection of her ideas So we can't necessarily group Nietzsche in with the likes of Hitler. In fact, I personally believe Nietzsche was warning about someone like Hitler rising. Nietzsche spent his entire life looking for a light at the end of the tunnel to provide humanity with a way forward. He wanted to know... How can we survive a meaningless, godless society? What was going to take its place? He noted how the emergence of different ideologies such as nationalism seemed to be taking the place of God. Instead of working in service towards a higher power, humans would now work in service to their country and fellow man. This observation developed in Nietzsche what he thought was a way out, that in diving into the depths of nihilism one could rid themselves of all they know one can stay there and be consumed by that darkness that meaninglessness or one can begin anew forging their own path in this world with their own ideas and ethics their own morality morality This is just one interpretation of all these philosophies that we just went through. I think that's what Nietzsche would want, or any philosopher for that matter, to question what this is all about. To not just accept the way things are, To pave your own road in life. And the way I interpret this, and this is just my interpretation, you are getting all this information through the filter of Michael. But the way I personally think about all this is that in exploring the abyss that is nihilism, you let go of the tethers that hold you in the past. You gave no meaning or power to what came before. But you retain the wisdom of the past, so that you may create a brighter future. So no, I don't think nihilism is depressing. I think it's actually a tool. That a person can use to become a more free thinking human being. There are many people who hear the pessimistic, nihilistic outlook, nothing matters, and flip it around and say, yeah, nothing does matter. So I get to choose what matters to me. And I think that's what we need to do as humans today in this society we need to get together all at the table and start talking about what matters to us and come to some kind of consensus, discuss the similarities rather than the differences, and find out how to coexist. And as we wrap up this episode today, I just wanted to say thank you for diving down this rabbit hole of philosophy with me. I know it can be intimidating, but in my true, honest opinion, I believe it's necessary for progress so we can coexist. And with that, I hope you're having the kind of day that you want to have.